Welcome back, everybody. Well, I'm very excited to have a special guest in front with us this evening, uh, Pete Coors, who is a native of Colorado, which is rare these days. There's a lot of people in Colorado these days who aren't natives. And uh, he's the great-grandson of Adolf Coors, who came here in 1873 and started a small family brewery that you might have heard of, Coors Brewery. And uh, Pete has worked as a, as a busy executive, and that's one of the reasons why, Pete, I wanted to talk to you, because we, we met uh, a number of years ago to talk about the Bible, and you came up with this idea of the Augustine Institute publishing a Bible in a year. And, you know, I look back at, and think of, okay, you were president of Coors Brewery, uh, you were chairman of the board, and then the big merger, and you became the chairman of, of the Molson Coors uh, Beverage Company. And so as a busy executive, you made the time to read the Bible every day and go through this Bible in a year practice for many years. And, you know, what led you to start to read the Bible in a year? What led you to that, to, to want to take up and read the Bible? I, I think it was just pretty simple. I needed the discipline. <clears throat> and the Bible in a year, I was browsing, I was browsing in a, uh, uh, in a, books uh, uh, religious bookstore one catholic and uh it's just caught my eye and i said you know maybe i'll maybe that'll give me the the discipline i need to uh, uh to read through the bible and uh so that's how it got started and i i went through it many times uh i think uh before we got this project started, I think I'd gone through the Bible 13 times. Wow. And I, I was having a discussion with my uncle who wasn't a very, it wasn't particularly religious man. And, and he asked me, he said, well, wasn't once enough? And I, <laughs> I said, no, you learn, you learn so much every time you read the scripture and the word comes to you a different, almost a different way every time you do it. It sure does. I, I, I'm a big believer in that, Pete, that every, you know, as you grow, I think it was St. Gregory the Great who said, as you grow, the word of God grows with you. You know, your capacity, your ability, your life experiences open you up to see new things that were there in the scripture the first time you read it or the second time or the 13th time and uh, that you didn't see before because of life experience. It really adds a richness. Exactly. And uh, so this, this project came about uh, while we were in Israel um, on a trip and you were our, uh, you were, you were our scholar. And Rich McClintock and I were comparing notes. He had a study Bible, and I had my Bible in a year. And um, we started talking. And we said, "Well, you know, maybe maybe we should have a Catholic Bible in a year with some teachings and learnings." And uh, so Rich and Tim and I said, "You and I sat down and and said, uh, what would it take to do this?'" And you told us, and Rich and I split it and and. Yeah. We got well, you, know, it, you got it created. What I love is that you both are converts to Catholicism, and uh, you know you and Rich, you know, kind of quartered me on a bus. We were on a bus ride, so <laughs> yeah. I, you, you had me as a captive prisoner uh, to share with me. Hey, we've been doing this Bible in a year in the Protestant world, and as Catholics, we're, we still do the Bible in a year, but we don't have the Catholic books in our Bible in a year. And it would be great if there was a great Catholic version of this Bible in a year. And, and I was really moved by. First off, just asking questions and hearing your testimony from the two of you, how this has been a daily discipline for years and years, over a decade. And uh, I thought, wow, this is a, a, just a great testimony to a tool that gets people to have a daily discipline with the Word of God. That's powerful. Well, you know, every day it's, uh, it's pretty interesting that, that uh, you know, we try to recreate things, but it's all in the Bible. And so every day, 
uh, I pick up some little little nugget, uh, whether it's the Old Testament, the New Testament, uh, Psalm or Proverb, um, and and it's it's relevant today in in such an incredible way. Well, you bring up an important point, I think, because I think when a lot of people think about reading the Bible in a year, they think of, you know, as I grab my Bible here, they think, okay, I just pick up the Bible and I'm going to start with Genesis and work my way all the way to the end in mm -hmm. Revelation. And when you do that, um, you spend 65% of the year in the Old Testament, and that could be a bit of a tough slog. And I think a lot of Catholics and a lot of people in general, a lot of Christians in general, just they start reading through it and they, they get to Leviticus and it gets too to, <laughs> just too bogged down in how to cut up your calf 101 and uh, and they just lose interest. And you know they make it through January in Genesis, but then in February, maybe because it's dark and cold and they're reading Leviticus by that time, <laughs> they give up. And what people have thanked me for, Pete, is we love that in, in the Bible in a year that we published, which you know uh, we have several versions here, in, in the Bible in the year that we published, we have a little bit, as you mentioned, a little bit of the Old Testament, a little bit of the New Testament every day, and a little bit of the Psalms and wisdom. And so you're getting a, you know, a little tasting, and so it kind of leads out to what I would call a balanced spiritual diet. You know, you're not just with you know, your greens and vegetables, you're not just with your, <laughs> your meats. It's, uh, it's a balanced diet, hopefully. Well, I, I have to confess, when I get to Leviticus, I, I do kind of gloss over some of the rules. And, uh, <laughs> And so forth, because it, it, you can get bogged down, and and uh, um, so it's it's uh, you know, and then you get then you get through that, and you get into some of the more interesting things. I love history. Mm. Uh, the history of of uh, uh, in the Old Testament is is extraordinary, and the New Testament history is is as well. I, do, have you found that it, it helps you to be reading every day that a little bit of the Old Testament? or a little bit of the new, I think that's a help to people to have a variety of readings. I think it's big help. And I think another way to do the, the Bible in a year is you can say, well, this year I'm just gonna read the New Testament mm. piece, or I'm just gonna read the Old Testament piece, or I'm just gonna read Psalms. And, and it's a way of getting through um, the year and having the discipline. I think the idea that you can do it every day uh, That's the key thing, you know. You and you gave me that. You you and Rich gave me that advice. And and the introduction to the book, we tell people if you want to do this in two years, we give you a roadmap how to do that in two years here and and to be selective. The key thing, as you said, is the daily discipline of reading this every day. Well, I want to just invite all of our audience to be part of the conversation. If you've got questions, uh, you know, you, you can you've got a Bible scholar and you've got a Bible veteran here with Pete, <laughs> who has been reading the Bible for you know. Uh, all the way through for about 17 years. He's been reading the Bible every day, so, or plus. And so text us if you want to ask a question. You can text us at 720-650-0100. And so, and if you text us on that line, just tell us your name. So I know the question from Samantha or a question from Jim in, in Alabama. And, and give us your question. We'd love to get your questions. Questions for Pete and I, uh, please send those in. And also, if you're on formed, you can send your questions through the formed comment section. So you can add a comment or a question. Uh, be feel, feel free, please, to join our conversation. That's what we want. That's what the, the Augustine City Show is all about, is to have a dialogue with you at home. And uh, Pete, let me ask you, you know, w when you got the seven Deuterocanonical books, these seven Catholic books added into your reading list, 
after we publish this. You know, is, is there a, or, or any of the obscure books of the Old Testament for that matter, is there a particular book that you, you hadn't read before that just meant something to you, that really connected, that you really enjoyed reading? You mean, you mean within the Bible? Yeah, or? within the Old Testament. You know, whether uh. it was, you know, sometimes, you know, we have some of these obscure books like, for, for a, lot of, a lot of Protestants, they've never read Tobit or Sirach or Maccabees, and there's some, there's some great stories in there. We finished, uh, we finished last year with uh, Maccabees mm. and the horrific things that people did to each other yes. uh, back in, in those days. And that, uh, you know, the, the battles, you know, I was thinking about in our political climate today, people not getting along with each other goes back to, you know, uh, goes back to Cain and Abel. Yeah. And uh, so reading the struggles that they had, uh, Jacob and Esau, and the struggles uh, they have, and, and Jacob stealing Esau, didn't steal it, he gave, Esau freely gave it, but uh, then to get the blessing, steal the blessing. Yeah. It's, uh, and those are brothers. Right? And those not, are brothers. Those aren't different political parties, those are brothers. My mother used to say, if you brothers can't get along, how in the world do you think the world's gonna get along? <laughs> So. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And, I, and that's where reading the Bible gives us a perspective on life. I think that's, your point I think is so valid. And I think of the whole story of the Bible begins with fratricide, with Cain and Abel. And the story at the end of Genesis is Joseph and his brothers, and they're worried that they're, you know, Joseph's going to avenge himself because they sold him as a slave. <laughs> and the beautiful story is Joseph forgives them. And so you end Genesis, you begin Genesis with fratricide, you end it with a brother having forgiveness. There's a lot of lessons like that. It's uh, throughout, throughout all the readings, it's, uh, the word is, is uh, as I say, it's, you can really relate it to what's going on in your life today. Yeah. It's, it's so important, I think, to, uh, to have that, to have a steady diet of it is, is really, uh, and the Bible in the ear allows you, enables you to do that. Now, for a lot of people, they think, well, I, I've tried to read the Bible, but then I drop off and I get too busy. And, you know, uh, one of the examples I love, you were a very busy man, and, and yet you made the time. So how do people make the prioritization? How do they make the time to do that? What would you suggest, recommend for people? Well, if, if I don't do it first thing in the morning, mm. I'm pretty sure it's not gonna get done. So I find a time when the phone's not ringing, uh, the kids or grandkids or my wife isn't isn't uh, isn't demanding my time uh, when I when I can I can really focus and it doesn't take but 15 20 minutes a day yeah. and you get that behind you uh, and the rest of the day seems to just flow very smoothly. That's you know I, I love the idea of prioritizing it first thing and I love the idea that you mentioned that. It, and for people, the, the Bible is so overwhelming. It's really a, it's a library more than a book. I mean, it's, there's 73 books in this Bible. And so people can get overwhelmed by it, but it's like, how do you eat an elephant? Like one little bite every, you know, in, in little bites. You can't swallow an elephant, right? And I think if you, if you get off track and you lose a few days, say you have to go on a trip and you forget your Bible or whatever, you can come back and pick it up um, and start <clears throat> with whatever that day is. So if you were gone January, 12th through the 15th, you come home and you start on the 16th and you get it all cranked yeah. up again. No, that, that's, you know, one of the, the practical tools that we try to include in the Bible is we have the day, so day one, day two, or we also have parallel to that, a calendar date. So if you start it, you know, January 1st, you follow, you follow that. But if you started this in the middle of 
the end of January or the beginning of February or in the middle of June, you could pick up with day one and just start through the Bible. That's, that's kind of a, a we want to make it as easy as add water and stir for <laughs> well, people. You know, we're, uh, I think we're very blessed that the Augustine Institute took, took this challenge on and, um, and that people are really interested in, in having a, a vehicle mm -hmm. to uh, read about their faith every day. Well, you know, it's, it's, thanks be to God, and it's a bestseller, and I want more people to pick this up and read it. And already we're getting some questions coming in. So Pete, let me take the first question. So this is Michael. He texted in and said, how would you work as an exec, how, how would your work as an executive been different if you had not been committed to daily reading the scriptures? That's a really interesting question. I, 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 I have a hard time answering that question because I wasn't there. I, you know, I, through most of my career, I, I wasn't reading the Bible every day. Uh, but I think since, as I say, every day, there's something, something in the Word that, uh, that I can bring forth into the day and it helps me uh, either manage my time, mm -hmm. work with others, uh, understand others better, um, and uh, every once in a while, I even t tell a story that I'd read that morning uh, with with my colleagues, and uh, and it it kind of helps kind of helps smooth things out. That's a beautiful thing. I mean, it just came like well, this morning I was reading my you know, <laughs> in my Bible in a year, and uh, you know, I think one of the things, as you mentioned that, it, how having the Word of God fresh in your mind, you can find an occasion to share it, and for me. Um, that that's such a, a, a powerful thing to constantly be going through the scriptures. It helps me to relate to God. You know, later in my day in my prayer time when I'm struggling, I I go back to that morning prayer time with the Word of God, and it's a great refuge. Well, here here's an, another question, Matt in Minnesota. So, uh, what books of the Bible do you feel would be most applicable to today's world events? So, uh, you know, I. Uh, you know, it's the beauty of having uh, the the readings uh, of a little, little taste of uh, of the old and the new, and and the the psalm or wisdom or the proverbs. Um, you can pick a little pearl, mm -hmm. and the lessons after each chapter, I think, are also very very important because uh, they help you. You know, sometimes I totally miss the point of mm, <laughs> of what's yep. in the Bible, but uh, being enlightened. Uh, by the work that you did to help us focus on little pieces is is incredibly helpful. Well, you know, it and and just so everybody at home knows what we're talking about is, uh, we give you a little bit of reading in the Old Testament, a little reading in the New Testament, a little reading from the Psalms and, and wisdom literature, and then there's a little reflection that the professors and faculty here at the Augustine Institute have have written, and I contributed as well as a lot of my my peers here to write a little reflection, you know, to help. You know, especially take some of the more difficult biblical passages and break it open and help you understand them and help you apply it. And, uh, you know, and, and things, for example, uh, to get the, you know, for Matt, I, I think of one of the books of the Bible for me that really matches present day events is the book of Psalms, because I've been reading through the Psalms right now. And uh, in the Psalms, you have two major characters in the Psalms you have the wicked and you have the righteous. And throughout the whole book of Psalms, you keep hearing a characterization of what characterizes the wicked and what characterizes the righteous, but generally, the wicked outnumber the righteous, and they make life hard on the righteous, and they persecute the righteous, and the wicked are especially known for 
Uh, and you could tell David, uh, who writes a lot of these Psalms, David has a real problem with lying and deceit because <laughs> Saul lied about him and ruined his reputation, right? And so David hates deceit, he hates lying. And you know, in our culture today, you know, lying and deceit, some people just, you know, as they say, lie like a rug. I mean, it's just, it's not a big deal. And for the Bible, it's a big deal. Well, throughout the Bible, and, and you can pick any character that you want in the Bible, whether it's Abraham or whether it's, uh, you know, go right on down through the list, they all had flaws and uh, they all uh, fell away. And, and forgiveness is such an important part. And so when you read about these things, it's uh, uh, on a regular basis, it really, it, it's really enlightening. It really is. Well, here's a question from Form, and uh, it's a different Tim, not me. It says, you know, Pete, do you have a favorite book of the Bible after reading through this so many times? Is there a particular book that when you turn the page, you're like, oh, good, I get to read Sirach, or I get to read the Psalms, or, you know, is there a particular book? Uh, you know, I, I, I guess I would tend towards the, uh, towards the New Testament mm -hmm. and, uh, and the four Gospels as being... Uh, um, so, so important <clears throat> to understanding our faith. And uh, so I would have to say the Gospels are... The Gospels. Yeah, no, that's, you, you can't miss on that. You know, that the, uh, the church gives a primacy to the Gospels. I always say that at Mass, we can sit and listen to the Old Testament. We can sit and listen to the Psalms, but when the Gospels read, we have to stand, <laughs> right? Because it's, it's the words from our Lord. So here's, here's a, a, a text from uh, Jordan. Why are there more books in the Catholic Bible than in the Protestant version? Well, you know, uh, great question, Jordan, and, and I, I, I can uh, jump in here. But it's basically because Luther uh, wanted to throw out seven books of the Old Testament that we call the Deuterocanonical books, which sounds very academic and, you know, uh, abstract. But basically, Deuterocanonical means second canon. And to make a long story short, the second canon was basically the, this Jewish canon in Alexandria, Virginia. In Alexandria, Virginia. <laughs> I, I used to live in Alexandria, Virginia. In Alexandria, Egypt, which I, where I didn't live, uh, in Alexandria, Egypt, the, the Jews had developed this, they had translated the Old Testament into Greek. And they had several books uh, in addition to what later on became the Hebrew canon. Now, actually, with the discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls, we know that the earlier Jews actually had more books. It was the later Jews, in reaction to Christianity, that got rid of those seven books. So, for example, one of those books that was in what we call the Septuagint, the Greek version, in the Deuterocanon, was Tobit. Uh, it was in Greek. Mm. But when the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered, all we had was a Greek version uh, of Tobit. But when the Dead Sea Scrolls were found, with the most conservative Jewish community in Jesus' day, out in the Qumran Desert, they had five copies of Tobit in Aramaic or Hebrew. Uh, so there were several versions of an Aramaic and, and a couple in Hebrew. And so we realized that, you know, after the Dead Sea Scrolls, so Luther, of course, didn't know that. He didn't have the Dead Sea Scrolls and he didn't have some later studies, but that's why Luther, he wanted to, he thought he was going back to a more Jewish, older tradition, and he was actually going to a later a Jewish later. tradition and the older Jewish tradition is supported by the Catholic Bible. I, I'm convinced. So I don't know if you want to add to that, Pete. No, you're you're way ahead of me <laughs> in terms of the scholarship uh, and the history of the Bible. But uh, I mean, I think there were over time there were a lot of books that were written that uh, um, when the when the Gospels were finally collected and the and 
and the New Testament was put together, uh, I suspect a lot of things were were ignored or left out, and uh, so we're left with we're, with what we're blessed with. And yeah, uh, no, you're right. I mean, there was uh, we know that Paul, St. Paul, for example, wrote another letter to the Corinthians that we we don't have, and uh, and so there's there's things like that that we that are lost. But then, you know, thanks goodness for the church because the church then kept and, and preserved these New Testament writings, and they you would use them every Sunday. You know, and this is something I think. Uh, a lot of people don't realize, and I know we've got a lot more questions I want to get to, but people don't realize that a Bible back in the time of the first century, in the time of the New Testament, would have cost over $100,000 because it had to be hand, handwritten. And the material, vellum and ink, these are really expensive materials. But now everybody can afford, you know, uh, for $20, you can get an Augustine Institute Bible, right, with the best English translation. So it's so affordable now, and we have such a great privilege and blessing to be able to have a Bible for our own. So we really need to take advantage of that. Well, here's a question from John on the forum platform. He asks, why do you think that reading the Bible with discipline is so relevant and important in today's culture? Well, you know, we're, we're getting bombarded every day with, uh, with all kinds of issues. Um, whether it's challenges to our character, whether it's temptations to... Uh, um, to make decisions that maybe aren't, uh, are maybe more worldly than they ought to be, yeah. um, and maintaining some perspective and in the direction that comes from reading the Bible is uh, uh, helps helps stabilize and uh, make sure that you go have, have some reference point always to go back to. Yeah, no, I think uh, Peter, you're exactly right. There's a lot of confusion out there. In the world today, and this kind of gives you a north star, you know. Uh, I I know I I uh, I like that image of this is this is it's a compass for life, and uh, you know David in Psalm 119 verse 105 says, you know, your word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, and that's exactly what uh, I, I think you're you're saying. Well, here's a uh, here's a question Ken asks, you know. Uh, Mr. Coors, are you involved in a regular Bible study group? I'm not at the moment, uh, but I think it's a I think it's terrific. I, I guess I get enough out of reading the Bible in a year mm -hmm. and the learnings at the end. Um, uh, we frequently meet with other people and have discussions about uh, about the Bible, but I'm not currently in a. Yeah. It, uh, Bible it, study. It, it's a great thing, and I know with COVID, a lot of Bible study groups are suspended right now. And so it's great for people to be able to get together and, and ensure that when they can. I know that uh, because uh, because your wife is my boss, she's on our board, <laughs> you're going to get an invite for a, a Bible study group that I'm doing for Lent for our board members. So uh, I'm gonna, here's a question from, you don't have to answer if you're going to join or not, but I won't put you on the spot. No, but uh, Jim from Arizona texted, what parable or story has, uh, what parable or story uh, you could think of has helped you in your spiritual journey. So is there a, a particular parable or story, Bible story that's helped you in your oh, spiritual wow. journey? Um, you know, every, every day, um, you know, we're, uh, we're kicking off this, this uh, first of the year with in the Gospels and uh, everything from, you know, Jesus talking about uh, you don't put uh, a new cloth on an old garment and yeah. uh, and you don't put old new wine in old wineskins. Um, I think it's really relevant to today, yeah. as we think about uh, going, 
going through our daily uh, daily issues. Yeah, no, I, I think that's the power of reading the word every day. Is there's a story or an antidote uh, or a parable that every day can help enrich our life and guide us spiritually and feed us spiritually. That's the that's the beauty of the Bible in a year. So here's another question. Uh, uh, Neb on Form asks, what is the difference between the original Bible in a year and the new version of the Bible in a year? Okay, that's a great question. I'll, I'll, I'll tackle that one. So that's, I'll, I'll be fair. Uh, what we did in the original Bible uh, in a year that we published, we used the RSV uh, Catholic edition, which is a great translation, and I really like it. But since then, the Augustine Institute got the exclusive rights for the English Standard Version Catholic edition. And the RSV was finished in 1948 to 1952. That's when the RSV was translated. But since then, we have the Dead Sea Scrolls. And so uh, I'll give you a good example of the difference between the ESV translation, the new uh, Bible in a year that we translated, versus the RSV. We talked about Tobit. Well, Tobit was found in the Dead Sea Scrolls. But before Tobit was found in the Dead Sea Scrolls, there was two manuscripts of Tobit that we had. One was what was called a short version in Greek and the long version in Greek. And most scholars thought, well, the long version must not be original. The original must be the shorter version. Well, the Dead Sea Scrolls are found, and we find, like I said, five different manuscripts in Hebrew and Greek of Tobit, and all of them agree with the long version. And so in the RSV, we have the short version of Tobit, but now we believe, scholars believe, the longer version is more authentic and goes back to the original, uh, much uh, better means to getting back to the original manuscript. And so in the new Bible in a year, you're going to get a little bit longer reading from the book of Tobit, and you might learn a few things in Tobit that you never read there before. You so, don't get the abridged version, yeah, you, you get, get the whole deal. Exactly. We <laughs> give you the whole enchilada. There's no abridgment here at the Augustine Institute. We go big. We go big here. So, uh, well, Pete, what's the last piece of advice? You know, we just got a couple minutes, a uh, minute left here. What's, what would you tell people to encourage people to take up this discipline of reading the Bible? Well, I, look, I assume that, that people are, are tuning in to, to your show today and, and the message is are, are pretty active. Um, and yet I think like, I, I, probably like me, we struggle with, uh, uh, with living our faith during the day. Uh, but I guess that for me, uh, as I said before, getting up in the morning first thing and having that, uh, that foundation Mm. For uh, for the rest of the day is really important. So I I would just encourage <coughs> your listeners and viewers to uh, uh, to give it some thought and and to give it a try. It's actually I find it fun and entertaining. First of all, the history is really interesting, yeah. but the lessons uh, of they're so meaningful. It's meaningful. Yeah, no, it is meaningful. Well, Pete, I want to thank you for for joining us and making this time and especially to you and, and Rich McClintock for, you guys are the ones who convinced me to do this and you funded this project and it's been blessing. Literally, I, I think we're in several reprints and I know last month alone we sold over 10,000 copies. So uh, we're at about 10,000 people buying it a month now. So it is an exciting project. We wanna get the Word of God. I can think of nothing better, like I said at the beginning, than for people to read the Word of God. And if you're looking for a New Year's challenge and you wanna grow spiritually, uh, the best thing you can do is take up God's Word and walk with God every day and let Him speak to you because as Augustine said, the Bible is a love story and it, they're love letters from our Father in Heaven and He wants to love on you and he, as Pete said, this is a foundation for your daily life 
and it is so refreshing and renewing. So uh, don't deprive yourself of this great gift that God gives. And I want to thank everybody who's joined us, everybody who's part of our mission circle, who monthly supports our mission here. You enable us to do these kinds of projects and have this show, and I'm so grateful to you. Know that we pray for you every day. Thank you for joining us, and God bless you. You can watch this show in video format by visiting form.org. Formed is an online Catholic streaming service created by the Augustine Institute and Ignatius Press with award-winning studies and parish programs, inspiring audio content, movies, ebooks, and family-friendly kids programming. To support the mission of the Augustine Institute, please visit missioncircle.org. You can watch this show in video format by visiting form.org. Formed is an online Catholic streaming service created by the Augustine Institute and Ignatius Press with award-winning studies and parish programs, inspiring audio content, movies, ebooks, and family-friendly kids programming. To support the mission of the Augustine Institute, please visit missioncircle.org.